There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder. There are some cases where it's difficult to discern if there is foul play or an accident. Today's story is one of those frustrating cases. On October 22nd, 2003, a woman died while on her honeymoon. And to this day, there is far too many questions about whether it was an accident or a cold-blooded murder. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Christina May Watson was born on February 13, 1977 in West Germany before relocating to the U.S. with her family when she was still a baby. Adopted by Tommy and Cindy Thomas on January 24, 1980, Tina, as she became known, began living in Walker County, Alabama before moving to Louisiana and then to Birmingham where she attended the University of Alabama. It was here that she met and fell in love with a boy named David Gabriel Watson, or Gabe. Tina's family wasn't the biggest fan of their daughter's new boyfriend, but with love blinding her to all of their warnings, the pair quickly got engaged and began planning their wedding. With plans to marry in October of 2003 and honeymoon at the Great Barrier Reef, Tina began taking scuba diving lessons despite her earlier diagnosis of paroxysmal supraventricular tachycardia. Gabe was a certified rescue diver, completing about 55 dives by the time they left for their honeymoon, while Tina, a novice, had only completed five. After their wedding on October 11, 2003, the newlyweds boarded a plane for their $10,000 honeymoon, originally intended as a graduation gift and paid for by Gabe's grandmother, stayed in Sydney for about a week, and then headed towards Townsville where they made plans to dive the popular, yet extremely difficult, SS Yangala wreck. Ready to start this once-in-a-lifetime experience, the couple opted to skip the dive company's orientation and guided dive with a dive master. A strange decision, considering Gabe had very little experience diving in open ocean, and Tina had never dived in the ocean nor below 9 meters. Sailing aboard the 4.5-star rated luxury ship, the Spoil Sport, the couple, along with 25 passengers, 12 crew members, and 3 commercial divers, headed off on their week-long diving excursion. Entering the water at around 10.30 a.m. on October 22nd, two minutes into the dive, Tina suddenly, and without explanation, began signaling her husband to return to the dive boat, a worried expression covering her face. As Gabe, who would later claim the currents were much stronger than he expected, tried to respond to his wife, she suddenly flared out her arm and accidentally knocked his regulator loose and his mask off of his face. When he regained his sight, Gabe's new wife was sinking rapidly 30 meters down to the sandy bottom of the ocean. Tina had lost consciousness and was sinking much too quickly for Gabe to try and rescue her. He returned to the surface to ask for help. Ten minutes later, dive instructor Wade Singleton came to the surface with Tina Watson, who was taken to a different ship where a doctor attempted to resuscitate her for about 40 minutes while Gabe remained on the spoil sport. Gabe, 
who, despite being a rescue diver, claimed he had an ear problem that prevented him from diving deeper to help his new wife, and that there was nothing in his training, quote, about how to get somebody in trouble to the surface. The life-saving efforts failed, and 26-year-old Tina, who had only been a Watson for 11 days, died while on her extravagant honeymoon. At around 6 a.m., a call came in to the Watson family in Birmingham, and Gabe told his father Tina had drowned. They placed a call to Tina's father, who was out of town when the news came in. He hurried home and told the rest of his family in person. Gabe's mother almost immediately booked a flight to Australia to be with her son. She met him at a local hotel where the counselor from the dive company was speaking with him. According to his mother, Gabe was a walking zombie, devastated over his sudden loss. While visiting with Tina several times in the morgue, a doctor performed an autopsy and determined drowning as her cause of death. Gabe Watson had to stay in Australia for several weeks, but when he finally did arrive home, the families met together and planned Tina's funeral. If tensions were considered high at their wedding, they were almost unbearable at the funeral, with the funeral home opening two parlors so the families could stay separated. Now, this is the part of my story where I point out that the entire description of events that I just gave you came directly from Gabe's testimony. It was, however, not the opinion shared by everyone else who was present the day that Tina died. Because if you ask the other divers present that day, divers like Dr. Stanley Stutz, they saw Gabe engage in an underwater bear hug with his flailing wife, after which he swam to the surface and Tina plummeted. In fact, one diver, Gary Stempler, just so happened to be taking a photo of his own wife when, in the background, you can see Tina lying face up at the bottom of the ocean. Because of this and the unexpected nature of Tina's death, the state coroner's office began a full investigation into the events that unfolded that day. Gabe, of course, refused to return to Australia for this inquest, but did give evidence through his newly hired lawyers. Prosecutors submitted evidence that Gabe's testimony directly contradicted the record of his actions stored by his dive computer, suggesting the possibility that he turned off Tina's regulator and held her down until she was unconscious, turned the air back on, and let her sink to the bottom while he surfaced and began looking for help. They described the many painstaking reenactments of all the possible scenarios that were conducted by the police divers and how none of what Gabe said lined up. And as for why he wanted to kill his brand new wife, Tina's father claimed that shortly before their wedding took place, Gabe asked to increase her life insurance policy and make him the sole beneficiary. While all of this was going on back in Australia, Gabe was launching a case in Alabama to try and recoup the cost of their trip after the travel insurance company refused a payout. He was seeking $45,000 for his wife's death and compensation for the trip interruption, medical expenses, phone calls, taxi fares, fees for his credit card statements, and unspecified punitive damages for mental and emotional anguish. The case, which many thought was in incredibly poor taste, was dismissed in May of 2008 at Gabe's request, on the grounds that Australia's investigation into Tina's death caused him, quote, to reasonably apprehend that he risks self-incrimination in this case. His lawyers convinced him that trying to get more money for his wife's death 
was not in his best interest. On July 19, 2008, the coroner officially declared that, while out at the historic shipwreck, Gabriel Watson murdered Tina Watson. After resisting extradition for six months, Gabe returned to Australia in May of 2009 to face his trial. On June 5, 2009, Gabe Watson pleaded not guilty to the murder and instead guilty to manslaughter. During the trial, the prosecutor pointed out that from the time Gabe first surfaced without his wife, he told a total of 16 different stories about her death, none of which matched the eyewitness reports. He pointed out the fact that a rescue diver let his own wife sink to the bottom without making any attempts to retrieve her and the fact that Tina's buoyancy control device was never activated, nor was her weight belt removed. Her equipment was completely intact, nothing malfunctioned, and Gabe, who was supposed to be her dive buddy, never once tried to share his air source with her. Gabe was, at the end of this trial, sentenced to four and a half years in prison, a sentence that was to be suspended after only serving 12 months. Tina's family was furious. The day after the trial, the Alabama Attorney General, Troy King, lodged an appeal with the Queensland Supreme Court and to the Queensland Attorney General, who, on June 18, 2009, announced the state would appeal against the inadequacy of Watson's sentence. The appeal was heard on July 17, 2009, and the Crown asked for the court to increase Gabe's prison term by at least two and a half years. The defense argued that this was simply a momentary lapse in judgment, and that Gabe had been convicted of a crime that he did not commit. On September 18, 2009, it was found that two members allowed for the appeal, and his conviction was increased by six months. After that contentious funeral, Tina's body was buried in Pelham, Alabama, but had to be exhumed in 2007 and moved to a different plot bought by Gabe Watson. After being informed by her family that the flowers and gifts that they were leaving were being vandalized or thrown away, police began surveilling the area only to find that it was Gabe who was destroying their tributes. He claimed that they were big, gaudy plastic arrangements and wanted them removed. Her grave was unmarked until 2009 when Gabe bought a foot marker, prompting her father to request her body to be reburied again following the inquest into his guilt. In 2007, the court removed Gabe as the administrator of Tina's estate and appointed her father, who then requested all of her items, things like photos and yearbooks, to be returned to his family. Gabe appealed the ruling and refused to provide an inventory of her items. In May of 2010, Troy King announced that he had information that he had not yet released to the public, and with that, he wanted to try Gabe Watson again for capital murder. He claimed his evidence showed that Gabe had planned the murder long before arriving in Australia, making the case part of Alabama's jurisdiction. He petitioned Australia for the evidence they had, but was refused unless he promised the death penalty would not be imposed. After some back and forth and some anger, Troy King agreed to their terms, and in August of 2010, It was announced that Gabe Watson would soon be released, deported back to the United States, and charged with Tina's murder a second time. The case was placed before a grand jury in Alabama in October of 2010. On November 5, 2010, Gabe Watson was deported back to the United States and immediately arrested. 
At his new trial, a man named Colin McKenzie, a diving expert from the first trial who originally testified that a man with Gabe's training should have been able to help Tina resurface, retracted almost all of his testimony after being given Tina and Gabe's diving logs, certificates, and medical histories, information that he was apparently not privy to in the first trial. He now claimed that Gabe should have never been allowed in the water and never as a diving buddy for his wife, who had absolutely no open water diving experience. This, coupled with undergoing heart surgery to correct an irregular heartbeat two years before her death, something she did not put on her diving application, was enough to make him second-guess his original testimony. According to an expert in dive medicine, Tina was unfit to dive without clearance from her cardiologist. And it was revealed that, despite his certification, Gabe actually only completed two days of a four-day course in dive rescue and had done all of his dives in a quarry, which is obviously much different than the open ocean. They claimed that Gabe was so incompetent he could barely save himself, much less his wife. After ruling that evidence of Gabe's behavior after Tina's death was inadmissible, as well as the testimony of her father about his request to increase her insurance policy, on February 23, 2012, Gabe Watson was acquitted due to lack of evidence. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear a terrible thing happened on October 23rd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.